Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. If you have overtime in the Super Bowl, of course there's going to be controversy, and it is not dying down at all. Welcome to Maggie and Perloff. I'm Andrew Perloff here in the New York studio. Maggie is snowed in at home, but with us. Maggie, how you doing? Everything okay? Before, Are you safe and good? Everything's fine. Apparently getting on the highway at 4 o'clock in the morning was a terrible idea. I had to turn around and come back home because the snow was so bad in New Jersey. But I'm ready to talk about this overtime because you and I are like not seeing this thing eye to eye. Eye to eye, but you're totally right about the amount of controversy this continues to cause. I just had a 20 minute debate in the kitchen, the <laughs> pantry room here, about whether it is important that the Niner players knew the overtime rules. I asked you this, okay? A bunch of players said we didn't really understand the overtime rules in the play- the new overtime rules in the playoffs, where even if you score a touchdown, the game goes on. Substantively, what difference does it make? What actual thing on the field changes? whether the Niners players know the overtime rules or not, because they're still trying to score. They're still trying to execute on every play. So to me, you can't say the game came down to the fact that Kyle Shanahan didn't lecture the players on what the new overtime rules were. Wait, first, can we hear from these players? Because I want our audience to understand just how open and honest they were after the game. And it's two of them. We have a clip from Eric Armstead and we have a clip from Kyle Juszczyk, Mr. Harvard himself both talking after the game about how they didn't know about the overtime rules. So, Pete, can we play Eric Armstead? Can we play Kyle Juszczyk, please? I didn't even know about the new overtime, uh, playoff overtime rule, so it was a surprise to me. Um, yeah, I didn't even really even know what was going on in terms of that. I, they put on this, the scoreboard, and everyone was like, oh, even if you score, they get a chance still. So, With the coaching staff approach that at all this week? Letting you guys know that if there is a time when it goes to OT, like these rules are different? I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't aware of it. You know what, I didn't even realize that the the playoff rules were different in overtime, so I, I assumed you just want the ball because you score a touchdown and win, but I guess that's not the case. Um, so I don't really, I don't totally know the strategy there. No. No, we haven't talked about it, no. Mass confusion. Mass confusion from two of your staple players, one on defense, one on offense. You have to let your players understand what's at stake at all 
times, they've got to be in the right frame of mind. Sure, they're going to execute the plays, but they've got to understand, hey, guys, this is different. This is something Kyle Shanahan should have been talking about from the moment the playoffs began, let alone even just the week before the Super Bowl. Well, so you're telling me if they had known the overtime rules, they would have blocked Chris Jones on third and four. <laughs> They're like, well, you know what? It's over. It's a normal overtime. Therefore, I'm going to let the best defensive player on the field just run in and kill my quarterback. I don't understand, though, what difference did it make about the execution? Like, literally, to say that's why they lost doesn't make any And not, not that you're saying that. But I think it contributed only a small part to the Niners' loss. Nothing significant. There are many, many more reasons, much more important reasons why San Francisco lost. Well, you're right about that. We can talk about they got some unlucky breaks on special teams, some errors on special teams, some penalties that killed drives. You're right, Chris Jones just really closing out the game in overtime to get to Brock Purdy because there were guys open, open, in the end zone, including Brandon Ayuk, now that we've seen a little more of the all 22, you know, the, the top down. So here's the thing. I think you just want, as a as a staff, you have to have your players as prepared as possible. Mm-hmm. We always talk about football, situational football, how important it is, and what makes the good teams great. And it's understanding the situation. You hear from the Chiefs side of things, not only did they understand the new overtime rules, I've been talking about it since training camp, they said, but they understood that if San Francisco had scored that touchdown, they were going down and they were going to score, and then they were going to go for two. I mean, they could visualize this whole thing in their head, Perloff, about how they were going to win the Super Bowl, and the 49ers are out there looking at the Jumbotron, wondering what the overtime rules are. I mean, yes, it might not matter on that third and four when Chris Jones gets home on Purdy, but globally it does matter. Mm. One team felt prepared and the other one did not. Okay, but it actually didn't, in my mind, didn't make any difference on any single play. All of a sudden, you know, the Niners' defense runs into a running Patrick Mahomes that they hadn't seen all game. That was a a curveball that completely destroyed them. The other thing, too, uh, about this, when we look back on history, I think think it's a shame if people said, this is the game where the Niners blew it because they didn't know the overtime rules. To me, it's another example, much like the Buffalo game, the 13 seconds game, where Patrick Mahomes had a brilliant overtime drive to score a touchdown for the Chiefs. Like, are we ignoring the fact that this was Mahomes on the other side? I, I think overall, the bigger story is is should be more positive about Patrick Mahomes and what he did with the Chiefs, where I, f- I feel like it's becoming Tuesday after the Super Bowl, Kyle Shanahan blew it because the, the team didn't know the overtime rules. I think we're well, overemphasizing that part of the narrative. Listen, everyone's giving Mahomes all the credit. Andy Reid's getting the credit. We're not even talking about Kelsey bumping Andy Reid anymore because they won this game. There's so many other things we could, and we have been giving the Chiefs all all of the flowers. That's not it. I think you always have to look, though, in a game that comes down to something as the margins, right? This was not a blowout. This was two incredibly evenly matched teams, and a team in Kyle Shanahan as the head coach who's been looking to get over the hump for years now. So, of course, you're going to point to the fact that Kyle Shanahan, who's been involved in the only two overtime games in the history of the Super Bowl and how heartbreaking it was when he was at the Falcons, would not think to have his team totally and utterly prepared for overtime or the possibility of overtime throughout the whole playoffs, let alone the Super Bowl and how the rules change. The other part we're talking about, obviously, this controversy with uh, with Kyle Shanahan deciding to take the ball first in overtime and whether or not his team was prepared. Kyle Shanahan's logic really falls short here yeah. once the Chiefs came out, and Patrick Mahomes said it yesterday when he was at Disney World. Uh, he said 
if the 49ers had scored and the Chiefs scored a, t- uh, scored a touchdown, that is, and the Chiefs came down and countered with a touchdown, the Chiefs were going for two. So all of Kyle Shanahan's logic about getting the third possession and how that was going to be the most important one of overtime falls completely flat, completely on its head. You don't know what the Chiefs are going to do. And whether the Chiefs are telling the truth or lying about that, I think Mahomes is right. I think they were going to go for two, which, you know, is is a gutsy move. <laughs> it's a yeah. gutsy move over time of, of the Super Bowl. But, I mean, they're that kind of team. Yeah, but that doesn't guarantee they win it. The other thing, too, is I think we're getting into the weeds here because are we ignoring the fact that Patrick Mahomes was on one side and Brock Purdy was on another? I don't care if the Niners had run 11 simulated overtimes in practice that week on their terrible right. field. <laughs> they they might not have won that game anyway. I, I, I still think it was Mahomes on one side and Purdy on the other. The Chiefs were going to find a way to win that. Uh, so, I, I, again, we get back to the debate yesterday. I don't see this as a Niners blew the game. I see this as they ran into Michael Jordan and the football version of the Chicago Bulls. And I felt like Patrick Mahomes was inevitable. I'm surprised they didn't put the game away earlier. So I'm not, again, I don't get back to the Kyle Shanahan blew it because he didn't prepare in the certain ways. I think we're kind of grasping for straws a little bit to point to this overtime mechanics as the reason the Niners lost. Well, I mean... Or you look at the other way, which is, yes, they had, you know, Mahomes is the all-time quarterback and Purdy is the upstart, but they were right there. They had him. This isn't a best of seven. This isn't Michael Jordan. Did they where, really have him? Did they really have him, Mag? Well, Perloff, they did in the first half, and this is the thing. Yeah. When, when it's a best of seven, you if you have Michael Jordan, then you are going to win no matter what. But this is a one-off. This is a one, just a one-time game. You don't necessarily have to be the better quarterback to win the game. Now, it ended up happening that way, and Mahomes moves on into the pantheon of all-time greats and elite quarterbacks, but it's not like this was a blowout. I mean, the 49ers were right there. Well, well you say they had him. They were up 10-3 because they had a fluky wide receiver pass that was in the air for an hour and a half and for some reason was not picked off. It, it wasn't, and also we saw these stats where in this situation, Patrick Mahomes is eight and two down down this amount at this time. I don't know that they ever really had him. It well, was ten three. Once the second half started, and especially when the Chiefs got the lead, I, I think the game flow really started to favor Kansas City, and Kansas City kind of let it get to overtime, in my opinion. I again getting back to I I know, I know people in San Francisco don't feel this way, but I don't feel like the Niners blew this one, and even in overtime. Man, it's it's going to be hard to beat Mahomes. It is, but again, you got to overtime. Yeah. You know, you got to overtime where maybe, yes, maybe the Chiefs should have put them away in uh, in regulation, but here you are with a second life, with a second chance, and what could you do? Maybe you can outfox your opponent. Maybe, listen, they pulled out that trick play, as you mentioned, for the touchdown. Yeah. Clearly, they felt like they had to empty the clip to to beat the Chiefs and to beat Mahomes, and then to fall short in overtime and at least partly to blame it on the mechanics of did you understand what was going on? Did your players understand? That's something that you'll never be able to really live with because you you if someone just beats you straight up, which the Chiefs did, but if someone just beats you straight up and 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 beats you down, you have to tip your cap to them and just say you were the better team today and you had the better quarterback. But when you get to overtime and you have just as good a shot as they do and you hand the advantage to Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, that's what's unforgivable. And that's what's going to be incredibly hard for 49ers fans, the coaches, the players to ever get over. All right, Maggie, I think I have some support, uh, some support on the phone lines here. Let's go to Leland in Sacramento, who okay. is with me. Okay. Leland, 
Explain to Maggie what happened here. <laughs> yes. Good morning, Leland. Hey, good morning. Thanks for getting me on again today. Sure. So um, I think I'm with Perloff today. You know, there's just a Michael Jordan on the other side of the ball. You know, there's uh, Brock Purdy, second year, still growing, incredible quarterback, but he still has more to learn. And uh, I was able to watch some tape today, uh, or actually yesterday. People are putting tape up. Yeah. And one thing I noticed, and maybe I think you guys might have seen it too, the right side of the 49ers offensive line, the guard and the tackle, they weren't blocking right. Yeah. They No, they allowed Chris Jones, Leland, of all players. Chris Jones and Trent McDuffie in regulation. Trent McDuffie also was unblocked to the quarterback, and those are basically your two of your best guys on defense. McDuffie is the corner yeah. position, and Chris Jones is the defensive end. I mean, it's, yeah. it's a mistake. It was it was a mistake. They did they left those guys unblocked. It, exactly, and what happened is um, they were jamming um, Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk. They were getting off the line, disrupting the passing lanes. Uh, Brock Purdy had nowhere to go. He had to run for his life. And it was another third and out. Yeah, they, by they the way, them. and thank you, they Leland. But well, thank you, Leland. But thanks, one thing, it wasn't just Trent McDuffie. That's not the O-line's responsibility. That was somebody else's. And there was the Chiefs are really good at this. Steve Spagnuolo is really good at this. There were plays. Yeah. I saw this thing where Nick Bolton, the linebacker on the Chiefs, had this sneaky blitz where he looked like he was going to cover the guy, and then he cut inside. You have to give, to me, you also give credit to Steve Spagnuolo and the Chiefs. And you know why? Because we've seen them do this exact thing in other Super Bowls. Right, and Perloff, though, for everyone who wants to give Spagnolo credit, and I'll raise my hand, we'll all raise our hand, there's, an, there's a flip side. If Spagnolo is doing his job well, who's not doing their job well on the mm. other side? Because everyone and their mom and Tony Romo called it out, Spagnolo's not going down without bringing maximum pressure. Everyone, He's got tendencies. He's been in the league this long. He's done it on this, high, on this big stage. See, here's the thing about what Leland said about Brock Purdy and he'll grow and and all of that. And he's right. We never, we said the biggest talent disparity in this Super Bowl was going to be the all-timer of Mahomes and Brock Purdy, who, by the way, is an MVP finalist and is, came in second in MVP voting. So let's not act like, you know, they pulled him off the street. He had a great season. Uh, Purdy is going to go on to have a great career. But here's where it falls short to me to just say, Oh, he's in his second year, you know, he'll be back or whatever. He was there in this game. This was not a blowout game. This was a game where the 49ers were were on the doorstep. They had the opportunity, and I think they they I think they did blow it. I really do, because they handed an advantage to the Chiefs in overtime. We want to hear from you. Yeah. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Yes, Prof. Yeah, I don't know. I I feel like you're putting a lot on Brock Purdy there. Uh, that's an interesting debate too. Did Brock Purdy blow it? I agree that he, you know he's young in his second year. He'll be back. Uh, I thought he he played pretty good. I, I'm not saying you didn't no, say no, Brock Purdy blew it. I don't it, think but, Brock Purdy blew it. No, yeah. no, no. I'm just saying you can't to say oh he's you know he'll be back. We think he'll be back. He's having he's off to a great start. But that doesn't take away the sting from this game to me. Yeah, I, of course. I mean, yeah. this hurts a lot. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I, I do think, though, that they're, when you say the Niners blew it because they didn't know their overtime, it does, to me, take away a little bit by what the Chiefs achieved. And, you know, it reminds me, Buffalo, I'm sorry to go back to 13 seconds, and yeah. it's not just to annoy they you. They blew it. 
Yeah, I mean, but was there any doubt after they went to overtime that Patrick Mahomes was going to lead them to a score? I mean, from depends which side of the couch you were sitting on. Did you have, wait um, when when Mahomes was coming down on that drive and hitting Kelsey all over the place? Did you have any doubt that the the Chiefs were going to score that touchdown in the in the playoff game in twenty twenty one? No, there is an inevitability to the Chiefs. You're yes. right about that. That's what I'm saying. Wh- which is why you can't hand them the advantage in yep. overtime. That's it. And if you know the rules and you really know them, which I think Shanahan did, I don't know how you think you're getting a third possession if you, even if you go down and score a touchdown, the Chiefs could have gone down and scored the touchdown and went for two. I guess the question is, did the 49ers blow it? 855-212-4CBS upon further review. Did the 49ers blow it? 855-212-4227. Want to hear from you. Again, I'm here in the New Jersey studios, Pearl off in the New York studios. Massive snowstorm here on the East Coast today. Uh, but that doesn't mean we can't hear from places in the country where the weather might be a little nicer. 855-212-4CBS. Dallas Cowboy- Cowboys make a big hire. We'll get to that as well. Maggie and Pearl off CBS. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Sports Radio. All right, here we are. We're back on Maggie and Pearl. Off a little upbeat music on a snowy day here in New York City. I'm in the New York studio. Maggie Gray is in the New Jersey studio. Uh, snowed in a little bit, but she's just fine. Maggie, I want to tell you about a conversation I had in the casino when we were going to work in Las Vegas last week for Super Bowl week, I was coming down for work and somebody was in uh, still partying and they were <laughs> yeah. from England. And they said to me, this NFL is great, but the rule book is too complicated. We don't always understand what is going on. It's totally different for rugby. And I was just thinking to myself, even, you know, very smart players on the 49ers, even Kyle Juszczyk who went to Harvard, doesn't even know this this rule book. The NFL is maybe overcomplicating itself, and now I think a lot of people are killing Kyle Shanahan for not getting the Niners ready for overtime. But the truth is, this is a, this is a very, very complicated game. It is. I think we should actually take all take a cue from what uh, the Nickelodeon broadcast did, yeah. with just have Dora the Explorer <laughs> explain all the rules <laughs> to everybody. Yeah. I think we could all use a refresher, including Kyle. You know, the funny thing we're talking about the overtime and how Kyle decided to take the ball and he cited the third possession in overtime yeah. when the Chiefs said if they had scored a touchdown, they would have gone for two and tried to end the game right there. So the third possession would have never mattered. You know. <laughs> The the irony of the whole thing is Shanahan's reputation is the most buttoned up coach. Now he's blown some leads. There's things that you know have happened to him, mm. but in terms of him being like stressed out, 
um, you know, super intense. Yeah. You know, he's got the reputation pearl off that every T would be crossed and I would be dotted. Well, mm, this isn't I, Nathaniel Hackett here. Well, I think of Bill Belichick as the ultimate situational football coach. He's the guy who had the Patriots ready for every situation. Kyle Shanahan, I think, is the brilliant play caller. And I heard some interesting analysis. After Shanahan got through his first 15 plays, he had nothing for the Chiefs. Until that one drive, I, I do wow. feel like uh, the, the Spagnolo actually beat the heck out of Kyle Shanahan for most of Steve Spagnolo, the Chiefs defensive coordinator. So it's interesting. You're right. He's very tough on his players. But I do think uh, that he – I agree with you. I've been defending him – but I do think that they do lack some situational awareness because there's some close games now in the playoffs where they've come out on the other end. I'm thinking of that Rams game they definitely should have won. Obviously, yeah. the blown lead back in Atlanta. So he has some some room to grow there. But you said it yesterday. Andy Reid was the same situation. He was a terrible game manager for a long time in Philadelphia. He was known for that until he kind of figured it out. And one of the reasons he figured it out, he got Patrick Mahomes. So I think it can it can turn around eventually. Oh, yeah. I mean, in the bad game managing stuff for Reed, remember, still followed him to Kansas City. Yeah. Remember, they had yeah. that terrible blown game against Andrew Luck and the Colts. I mean, they had a loss to the Titans that was really bad. And then it was you know, Mahomes really did change things around. But maybe we're not talking enough about injuries that occurred during yeah. this game. All right, let's go to the phone line. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. David is in Georgia and has a theory. All right, David, what do you got? Uh, how's it going, guys? Great. How you doing? Yeah, one play I think that uh, no one's talking about enough is, and I believe it was in overtime, and that is the holding call where uh, Kettle went out, I can't remember his replacement's name, and came in and got the, the holding penalty. And I believe that really set them back where they had to go for the field goal instead of potentially getting a touchdown. And, and then... Kittle comes right back in right after that play's over with. And also, is it just me or was Samuel and Kittle on and off the field all night long? And I'll hang up and listen to y'all. Yeah, so let's take the first thing first. So you're right about the holding call. There were a couple of penalties, including the third and 13, where you got a defensive holding call against McDuffie. That was earlier in the drive yeah. that gave the 49ers a first down uh, when they were facing, you know, obviously a third and 13. So that's well, tough. You had already had a false start by Brandon Ayuk on the second play of the drive. Yeah, Right, on that play, too, uh, pretty – Purdy almost got sacked and threw the ball into the ground. They had no chance. That was a huge call that helped them. But you're right. You said yesterday there were a couple calls that they started to crumble with some holding calls. Yeah, and so what uh, David is talking about, it was a second and two. Uh, they Basically, they hand the ball off to Elijah Mitchell, but it was a flag, offensive holding. That's 10 yards. So you go to second and 12, and you'll remember that's the very memorable Kyle Juszczyk play for 13 yards in overtime that they did not elect to replay or review or anything when he makes the football move and goes to the ground. And then they were more uh, than Christian McCaffrey for six yards. Christian McCaffrey, no gain. And then on third and four, that's where Chris Jones got home on Purdy, and it forced them to kick the field goal. Um, we should talk about the injuries in this game, though. Uh, David's right. Kittle and uh, Debo in and out. The oh. Trey Greenlaw injury, we never, we did not talk about that enough yesterday, Pearl. Oh, absolutely. What a tragic thing. Because Drake Greenlaw uh, had been injured during the season, but to get hurt that way, running onto the field and take two steps and crumble with what seems like an Achilles injury, it's one of the worst Super Bowl injuries I've ever seen because it wasn't in the uh, 
course of action in the game at all. Yeah, and we got a little more reporting on this after the fact. David Lombardi, who did join us in Vegas, we did a breakdown. He's a 49ers beat writer for The Athletic, had some reporting that Fred Warner, the fellow linebacker for the 49ers, in the locker room at halftime, crying over the injury to Dre Greenlaw because he felt so bad for his teammate. And uh, apparently everyone knew on the team that he was dealing with an Achilles. So the moment he went down, everyone knew exactly what it was. Absolutely. And Debo, obviously, Debo is so the key to this team in many ways. When they had that little three-game losing streak, no coincidence Debo was out. Our buddy Nick Costos, BetQL, had a tweet right after uh, Debo went down. He goes, uh, all right, I, I feel bad about this because Debo's on the ground, but I am pounding the live line for the Chiefs because Debo, not just logistically what he could do, I feel like he's the heart and soul of that team. He did come back, and he had a big play, but again, I think that's a great point. Injuries played a role. Many things played a role. To me, not knowing the overtime was small compared to these other things we're talking about. Uh, I think it was big. I love that the Nick Costos would say, I feel bad for yeah. Debo, but I'm hammering the live line. I yeah. feel like if you could put odds on whether I was going to make it on a snowstorm today, Nick Costos would have hammered the over. Yeah. You know, yeah. If he could have bet on anything, he would do it. I love that guy. I'm so glad we got to do the home and home with them last yeah. week. Soulless, though. Completely soulless. <laughs> it reminds me, uh, this is terrible, but you know, Eagles fans are famous. People point to them saying they were cheering when Michael Irvin was lying on the ground motionless uh, at Veterans Stadium. Uh, but to me, that was a sign of respect because you have no idea what Michael Irvin did to my childhood. He ruined it many, many times because he was the best fourth quarter receiver I've ever seen. So uh, anyway, regardless, I think you can. It's so okay to bet on an injury. It's when Drake Greenlaw went out. I was like, oh man, I, I was looking back. I should have hit the live line again for the Chiefs because I think they were underdogs at that point. But well, you know, we we have heart here, Maggie. We're not going to bet just because a guy's injured. No, we do. I mean, listen, let's take it for what it was. It did impact the game, though. Like, if you yeah. want to be cal- cold and calculating about it, if you want to be more sympathetic to it, I think we all want to be sympathetic because he's such a great player. But he'll be back. You know, guys yeah. come back from Achilles. He's going to be back. But um, And he gets to be friends with Aaron Rodgers now because there's like a little <laughs> club of Achilles injuries. Yeah, does he get to go hang out with, yeah. uh, was it Arnold Schwarzenegger's girlfriend is apparently the Achilles whisperer? Oh, is that right? I, I didn't know that at all. <laughs> is it KD and Aaron Rodgers or like, like have some group now and they all talk about it? Uh, oh, and Not there sure. was a player who hit it. And I remember. Uh, J.K. Dobbins. Yeah, yeah. Like two weeks in and Aaron Rodgers like, I'm going to take that guy under my wing. Um, oh, by the way, uh, you know. Uh, EJ is here. Pete Bellotti is here. Andrew Bogus Hi. came in from the from many many boroughs away. Mm. It's funny. A lot of people were able to brave the snow. Maggie is not here. I'm not Interesting. saying. Interesting. I I understand Maggie. Yeah. Bogus. Uh, how did you get here? By remember that Budweiser ad on Sunday with the horses? <laughs> yeah. Wasn't that you today? So I had the horses pull my car out of the driveway yeah. through the mountains of snow, and then I traversed. Um, I would say 18 inches of snow to the train. The train then pulled slowly through Long Island, Queens, maybe a little bit of Brooklyn (laughs) into Manhattan, then a subway. Then we walked, Pete and I, I carried Pete on my back (laughs) through snow drifts (laughs) just to get here and be in person. Wait, no, no, no. Don't lie to everybody. It's really just Uh, a... I didn't carry Pete. It's a light freeze. It's it's a rain slush. There's really no weather at all to talk about. The problem's going to be leaving here for people, so I partially understand why Maggie's not here. I I walked. I walked here. Yeah. The whole way? From home. Uphill? Wow. Oh, yeah, from yeah. home. 30 miles. With a St. Bernard nice. next to him that had a little thing of brandy <laughs> underneath on his, <laughs> hanging off his, his collar. Nice, you brisk know, 30 miles. 
I love this because I, I tried to get on the highway, right? And I got a, I got on. I was like, oh, this is super dangerous. So I got off the highway and came back to my house. Mm. So I, I, I'm calling Pearl off. I'm talking on the phone. He's like, yeah, I think like 78 is closed. I'm like, yeah, that's my highway. <laughs> <He's> like, <laughs> oh, that's in New Jersey? I'm like, yeah, man, it's bad out here. I, I'll take a video and I'll post it for you guys so you know I'm not just trying to uh, get out of coming into the city today. I think we need a t- team meeting on air right now. Maggie, close your ears. Are we going to make fun of Maggie because we all brave the snow? Or are we going to make fun of Maggie because it's only raining here? So what are the what are the options? We well, just have to commit to making fun of Maggie for the next three and a half hours. I just want to know that we can get home later. So oh, yeah, once worried. Pete and I are home safe and sound, then we can make fun of Maggie. But I foresee like a three-hour commute on the way home because that's when the, the snow is going to be at its worst. And if they're not plowing well enough, that might be a long trip you, back you home. And then Maggie's a genius. Yeah, my kids are at home, by the way. Mine too. Which is uh, doesn't happen, but it's three to six inches. I don't quite understand why this is the storm of the century. Well, so we're I mean, getting nine inches out here. Okay. So a little yeah. different, but I'll nine. do a video for you guys uh, in the next break so you know that I'm not just trying to get out of coming to work. <laughs> All right, Bogus. Give us some headlines, buddy. They're all sponsored by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save nearly $750 on average. So call or click today and find out if we could save you hundreds on your car insurance. Is it still hot out there? Gas up the Acura. We're going to San Antonio. Into the paint now. Wembenyama short jumper left it short. Got his own rebound. Follow good for Victor Wembenyama. 25 points, 13 rebounds for Wemby. And the Spurs lead at 108-79. Me, Pearl, Sully, Bill Shoning, Spurs Radio, we're all yeah. going to San Antonio. <laughs> Our boy Wemby, 27 points, 14 boards, and 10 blocks in a 122-99 route of the previously unbeaten Raptors. For some reason, we felt great today. You know, had some great rhythm, started the game strong. And uh, I don't know, I, I guess it's just the NBA. You know, we got ups and downs in terms of shape. And today was a was an update. He's wise beyond his years as well. Wembenyama, the the first rookie with a triple double, including blocks since David Robinson in nineteen ninety. Uh, He's the first player, period, with a twenty ten ten and five assist game since Hakeem in ninety six. I Victor think we- Wembenyama. Both of them were very good. That's good company, but please keep wearing your Chet Holmgren jersey. Hey, bogus. Yeah. First of all, you think I have an Acura? What? It, what? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what kind of money bags am I? <laughs> it's a Honda Accord, dude. <laughs> the Acura. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not Michael Rubin. What do you think? I own an Acura. <laughs> I saw a tweet yesterday uh, from I forgot it's the guy who covers uh, sports in Toronto. I'm blank out his name, and he goes, "There's one guy." Mike, yeah. yeah, one guy, that one guy up there. The guy said, no doubt about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wait, wait, it's not, wait, it's not Drake? Yeah. <laughs> yes, it was Drake. Drake's, Drake tweeted yesterday, Victor Webinyama out here changing the sport. Yeah. And I just, I like sat back like a Bond villain. I was like, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> well, here you are, Bogus. You're comparing David Robinson and Akeem. I saw this stat chart where LeBron's rookie year and Webinyama's rookie year have the same numbers. But still, Chet Holmgren's great. What's wrong with Chet Holmgren? Nothing. He's just not Victor Wembanyama. Yeah. And what is the Spurs, the what's the Spurs record? They won last night. Oh, first They're of all, one and zero. 
All right, we'll see if Weminyama. Weminyama is an offensive Rudy Gobert, and Rudy Gobert is such a stiff on defense, and even though he's defensive player of the year, you pull him out on a pick and roll, this is not going to work. Weminyama is not changing the league, guys. It's going to work enough to be rookie of the year and put you in your your cell. Whether you want to or not, you're going to San Antonio. Meanwhile, how did Sully get in on this? So no, she's just always involved. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he is to, to reset this for people who might be finding our show. We have new audiences all the time, which is awesome. Perloff was so confident that Victor Wembanyama was not going to win Rookie of the Year. He said if he did, he would drive to San Antonio from New York to apologize to Wembanyama in person, holding up a sign in French, "De Soleil Wembanyama" or whatever. <laughs> and now Bogish wanted to get in on it because, like, fun road trip. And Perloff said no. <laughs> Ouch. Which, which, means now, which means now he should have to take Bogish because, like, he has no control over this. I agree. And Bogus should get to control the radio and Oof. all music, and it's just a Dave Matthews love affair. <laughs> hey, we got Pearl Jam music this morning too. Let's throw that on the on the old CD deck. Wait, I don't understand. Like, but you're just a la- You're completely available to just leave your family for ten days. It's gonna take us ten days. Yes. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, we have, can we fly take, back? Take ten days. Well, I well, what what is what do you think is gonna happen here? We're just gonna go to San Antonio and turn around and come right back. Yeah. It's a sixty-hour drive. You think to stay at the Four Seasons? No. <laughs> Romantic walks on the river. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're just gonna drive. We're gonna drive down to San Antonio and just turn around. Yeah. yeah. That takes, that's four Maybe days right sleep. there. Yeah. You think One sleep. We come right back. Yeah. No, no, no. That's why I don't want Bogus with me. Because I have a whole plan. You want to linger? No, I have a lot of friends across the country. I'm going to see them on the way. I'm going to make this into a gigantic sponsored thing. No, you can't make this, a, this is not a vacation, bro. Yes, it is. No, no. This is this is a punishment. But, well, that, I'm I a actually, plus, when I though. thought about this, yeah, it's a punishment if Bogus has to go with me. I thought it was going to lessen the blow. That's why he's going. We should fill up that car. We should we should all have one pick of a person that goes in that car. <laughs> I, I picked Peter Schwartz. I picked uh, the astro- out. I picked, <laughs> I, I picked here's my resignation letter. The astrologist caller. I pick her. Andrea. <laughs> Andrea. <laughs> Andrea. 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 Go. Me, Peter Schwartz, Andrea. We need a fourth person. Oh, Ack. I'm not in. <laughs> I'm definitely not in that car. <laughs> that me, is Peter the worst Schwartz, car ever. Ack and Andrea. <laughs> Zeus told me to turn left. What are you saying, Chief? Am I non Acura? <laughs> Did you say Wait. Zeus? <laughs> Zeus told me to turn left. Well, what are you going to say, Chief? Is Peter Schwartz nicknamed Zeus? No, the astrologist will say Zeus oh. told him to turn left. Oh, oh, oh. oh uh, the stars line. Oh, my gosh. I love that Zeus is in there. That's right. Greek mythology. Oh, it's Mars. She keeps talking about Mars. Mars. Yeah, the planets, not the, not the, not the Greek, Greek gods. gods. Yeah, Mars is a, a Latin god. Venus uh, tells you not to go That's, there. Does any of it matter? I mean, <laughs> does it matter where she's getting her info from? Also, I just want to point out what's going to happen when you guys all drive to San Antonio on this quest to, you know, apologize to Wemby, but also to go to the breakfast burrito place that yeah. Perloff wants to go to. It's going to be like the end of vacation. Where you get to Wally World <laughs> and it's going to be closed for repairs. <laughs> Moose outside should have told you. This place, there's no chance that this place is just going to be open and ready to go. Something else is going to happen to that taco stand. Oh, I can't wait to see Peter Schwartz in a burrito place. Yeah, that's why we're not driving back. <laughs> he, he, he has to, to jog next to the car. Well, and if Andrea doesn't tell us that it's closed ahead of time, then <laughs> right. what's, what's yeah, the point of her being there? there? I love it that she's a fortune teller now. <laughs> when I made this bet, I had a very specific plan because I kind of... 
secretly thought Weminyama because the media loves Weminyama. We're gonna give him a year. I had a, I was just stopping Nashville, Chicago. I was gonna Chicago? go down. And, yes. That is not between here in San Antonio. Yeah, if you drive to Chicago, Chicago, let's go to Vegas while we're at it. You drive Chicago, go down. Okay, that's why it's taking 10 days. That's why you thought it was going to take 10 days, exactly. Because you were going to go, probably going to go, what, are you going to go to Michigan now? No, I mean, I might might stop in New Orleans on the way and then come down around. (laughs) Come down around? Then I got friends in Houston, Houston, Dallas. You take a stop in Las Vegas again, see Sully? Well, let's see. That's where he, that's where Sully comes in. Well, I have a lot of friends, and Texas is like my my home away from home. So there's a lot of people I want to see there, and Ace? I don't want Bogus tagging along. Is that wrong? Is that bad? Well, I, I love know. Bogus. This sounds negative. Yeah, I didn't know we were with Lewis and Clark exploring new land, <laughs> so I'm, I'm out. <laughs> Never mind. Yeah, I assumed you were out. I mean, new I don't land. <laughs> If Peter Schwartz is your Sacagawea. Oh. <laughs> Peter Schwartz, if Peter Schwartz is not, first of all, there's no room in the car for Peter Schwartz. Oh, wow. I have a small Honda Accord. He's That's a gigantic right. guy. That's mean. Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, that. me, no, cool. I'm tall. He's tall. We're, this, is, this is not funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny to us. Right, we cross the line. HR is going to be called right no, now. I, I this want... is crossing a line. <laughs> you crossed the line. We didn't say nothing. What did I do? I had a, a road trip plan on a bet. Peter Schwartz. I yeah. made a bet. No. All I, no, said, no, big, all, like, I said, all I said was that Peter Schwartz should go on the trip. Sure. <laughs> I'm six foot four, and Peter is six foot three. This is not <laughs> happening in my. And Andrea is going to be in the back, and I, you have to rent a car because otherwise you're going to have to drive back. He'll give you all the deals at like Burger King and everything. <laughs> I am planning to drive back. I have two different routes. I, I plan this all out. So it's going to be two months of you not on the show. What's going to happen? No, I'll be on the show. I'll do a remote from from Motel Sixes on the road. <laughs> <laughs> this is why. See, this is why it's going to be ten days. See, now we're figuring it out. Those yeah, yeah no, I had, this was all planned in advance. I actually told people, hey, I'll, I'll see you in July. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love the fact that Prof would be checking in from all these different places. I didn't realize you were going to be gone for a month, <laughs> but sure. Yeah, actually, the only person who could come, if Maggie wants to come, I could definitely do a road trip with her. The rest no of you, chance. I just don't think I could handle it. No but chance. Maggie doesn't even like to drive two hours into work today. Clearly, <laughs> 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 All right, bogus. Uh, yeah, it's been a while, guys, since Marshawn Lynch played an NFL game, but the uh, Seahawks legend still in prime Niner-hating condition. Marshawn was in Vegas for Super Bowl 58 and was not welcoming Niner fans to Sin City. You a Niner fan? Yes, sir. You? <laughs> One dude was like, Marshawn, what's up? You're like, you're Niner Yep, you're ugly. <laughs> what is this bit? I don't. So it just, Cold alcohol. Have you ever gotten cursed out by Marshawn Lynch? Well, here he is. <laughs> I want to get cursed out Me by too. Marshawn Lynch. Everybody, everybody who got cursed out looked like they were having the best time. Is that at the video. fan fest? <laughs> <laughs> Marshawn well, Lynch can come on the road trip. He's, he seems fun. Yeah. <laughs> I am in Schwartz. Don't let Marshawn drive. Uh, there, <laughs> there's this is just the funniest thing. People were happy to like just get cursed out by Marshawn. They were also so wildly confused. Why is Marshawn Lynch just cursing at me? Uh, it was it was amazing. Wow. 
Un- unreal. I do like that this is someone who played for the Seahawks for a long time and clearly has animosity still for the rival Niners. Like yeah. the, there's so little and few rivalries. I actually appreciate I don't know if I appreciate him just saying F you to every single person he saw, but I did appreciate the sentiment that he still hates the Niners the way fans should hate other teams that are rivals. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Bogus, anything else? Uh, I'm good for now. Right, I'm, well, by the way, I'm looking at the dates. Rookie of the year. Uh, yeah, it says, okay, it's a reveal. It's going to be pretty late. It's going to be hot in San Antonio. Mm. Yeah, this is going to be bad. You don't have to worry about that if you try to drive this to Chicago. <laughs> yeah. a lot right. of different climates yeah but is there so when Minyama just look at his stats it's over it's over Maggie I'm in big trouble you here you just looked at his stats for well, the first time I can't believe you really thought you had a chance to win this well I thought I thought people were like me and cared about winning basketball games like the point was to win the game not to put up empty stats but I guess everyone else is more enamored by 20 points and uh, 10 rebounds at six blocks a game, whatever. <laughs> you met the NBA? <laughs> Winning. No one even plays anymore. Uh, uh, all right. Well, thank you, everyone. We'll start planning a route for Bogish and Perloff and Peter Schwartz and Andrea from the Bay and everyone who's going on this awesome road trip. Coming up, we will get to the Cowboys. Big hire made by Dallas. What does it mean? And for their Super Bowl chances for next year. Maggie and Perloff, CBS Sports Radio. Welcome back to Maggie and Perloff. All right, Maggie, it's big news that the Dallas Cowboys hired a defense coordinator, Mike Zimmer, of course, former NFL head coach with the Vikings, uh, former Cowboys defensive coach. There was a little behind-the-scenes drama of all this that actually interests me, and maybe it's just us in the media, but it looked like he had the job, and then maybe he didn't, and, of course, our guy Rex Ryan was somehow involved in this. Uh, could you uh, explain, do you have the TikTok of what happened here a little bit? Actually, we have some sound, I believe, of Adam Schefter explaining the Mike Zimmer situation. I believe we got it. All right, let's, let's hear that. I still have not heard the Zimmer deal being done, which means that Rex could conceivably still be in play. Ron Rivera still could conceivably be in play. Well, Anyone else that they've interested could conceivably be in play. Now, ultimately, I do think it will get done with Zimmer, but I'd like to amend my report and say it's not done with Zimmer. Not yet. Okay, that was Monday on the Pat McAfee show on ESPN. So the reason Schefter sort of took a step back on this report was because he made an original report on the Super Bowl pregame show about Mike Zimmer getting the job. And then our old friend Rex Ryan, former Jets coach, had this to say on the Super Bowl pregame set. I can honestly say right here, first off, I'm not so sure that Zimmer's got that job right now. Not real sure about that. Um, I can honestly say I'm, uh, I, I'm, I don't believe that's a fact right now. <laughs> well, uh, <yeah>. well <laughs> just wait five minutes, Rex. Yeah, uh, so what happened was they couldn't finish the, the contract with Zimmer, and they apparently, according to Schefter, they called Rex back, who they really liked in the interview process. Rex Ryan had also interviewed for the job, and... We're kind of maybe holding out hope that uh, Rex would be a backup plan. So, but they landed on Zimmer. Now, Zimmer is obviously a, a kind of a tough guy. What do you think he does for this defense here in Dallas, Maggie? Okay, I, I've seen a lot of like poo pooing this hire. Mm. I like this hire. Yeah. I, I like it a lot. I mean, not just the familiarity he has in Dallas with being the longtime assistant going back to the '90s, but. What is one thing, two things that Mike Zimmer does really, really well? His his defenses have done really well. Stop the run 
which has been one of the things that the metrics and the the counting stats may not show you for the Dallas Cowboys this year, but hello wildcard game against Aaron Jones. Hello game in Buffalo against James Cook. I mean, there were some, uh, the James Conner, when they lost to the Arizona Cardinals, there were some really big game, you know, games where the Dallas Cowboys defense ended up getting absolutely gashed on the run. And I'm just naming three, and obviously the most painful one was the one against Dallas, or the, against Green Bay, pardon me. So Mike Zimmer defenses have always been good against the run. And how about emphasizing the linebackers a little bit more? And those kind of go hand in hand, which is one thing that the Dallas Cowboys didn't do. I like Dan Quinn a lot. That was a really good defense, but they can be better. And I think that Mike Zimmer, yeah, he's 67 years old. Well, listen, it's ever it's like a one-year thing for everyone in Dallas, it feels like. Mike McCarthy's in the last year of his deal. You're not going to get a young, up-and-coming guy to come up and, and, hmm. and take this job if you have no idea if you're going to have a job in a year. You know, Mike Zimmer at 67 might, I, it might just be a good sort of, you know, he knows what he's doing. You don't need any warm-up time. Hit the ground running and try to really fix the things that were wrong with this defense. Yeah, I mean, I don't know that that much was wrong. Remember Dan Quinn took over from Mike Nolan, and the defense was one of the worst of all time the year before, and he yeah. immediately turned it around. So I'm not as sure that they're not going to take a small step back here. Believe it or not, I think you could have made a case for Rex because Rex is a kill-the-quarterback kind of coach, and sure. he, Rex's numbers are at Baltimore, New York Jets, even with the Bills are as good as any defensive coordinator uh, ever. I just think that Rex is kind of a huge personality to have in the room. Is that, would you, if they had gone Rex Ryan, what would your reaction have been? I know you sort of covered, uh, I don't know if you covered New York Jets while Rex was there, but he's a big, big thing. Yeah, I mean, I, Rex also would have been good, but Rex has been out of the league for a yeah. while now. I mean, at least Mike Zimmer was a head coach two years ago. I mean, it's not like he's taken that far of a step outside, you know, step back where Rex has been in the media now for quite some time. Um, I, I thought they both would have been good options, but I do like the Zimmer option. I don't yeah. know why people are killing this one. Um, I'm not as excited as you are. Yeah, I, I, I'm not something a, had to change on this defense. Yes, it looked good, and Dan Quinn did a good job, but guys, the run was a problem, and he, everyone knew that was how you beat the Cowboys as you run right at Micah Parsons. Yeah, but do you really think Zimmer's better than Dan Quinn? That's hard for me to believe. Yeah, they're different. Uh, okay, coming up, would a three-peat make the Chiefs the greatest dynasty of all time? No one's ever done it three in a row. We'll get to that next. And, of course, your calls on the Cowboys at 855-212-4CBS. Don't move. More Maggie and Pearl. I'm straight ahead. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.